you know, a lot of people I talk to that don't ride bikes or this or that, they, they're the people that say, Oh, I don't have time for this and that dude. I'm like, you can always make time. I don't care if you're a dad, full-time job, two full-time jobs. You can always stay up later. You can always get up earlier. And that's, I mean, that's the workaround. If you want to keep your relationship good with your wife, get up earlier, go to bed later, work around her schedule as much as you can, but get the work done. You need to for your own happiness. And that's kind of what I, I always adhere to. That was Chad Berenston. He is on the episode of Stoke podcast today. And man, it was just such a good conversation. Um, before we get into the episode of the podcast, um, just want to keep you guys updated. Um, I appreciate everyone's um, feedback and thank you so much for tuning in um, and helping support this podcast and hearing these awesome conversations. You know, it's um, good motivation for me to keep on rolling with these episodes um, to give you guys just awesome stories from these amazing people. Um, moving forward, uh, Moxie Nutrition, if I haven't already mentioned it like I have before, um, it is a non-negotiable uh, part of my routine and it is a supplement, you could say, on and off the bike. They have a few different options for um, hydration. Uh, I use Hydromag, which is a supplement that I take off the bike first thing in the morning, um, you know, with my cup of coffee. Uh, and this is just going to give the body, um, a dose of magnesium that helps with energy, helps absorbing salt. Um, and what it's for is actually to reduce your cramping at hour two of a high intensity workout or race. Um, it helps the body absorb the salt and, um, they have been a sponsor of the Confluence 928 Off-Road Team. Um, and on the bike, I use Phytolite. Now, Phytolite is, you know, a normal electrolyte that you can find um, anywhere on the market. But the thing that separates Moxie Nutrition from the rest is um, Teresa, the founder of this company, has a well, well diverse background in nutrition. And um, Phytolite gives you a little extra than the normal electrolyte drink. She puts vitamins and minerals in this supplement that you really can't find anywhere else on the market. Now, if you're interested, go to moxynutrition.com and at checkout, all caps, throw Stoke Podcast in as a promo. And guess what? You get 15% off and you can use this multiple times. This helps me and this helps her. Um, But guys, this is a no-brainer in my routine um, on and off the bike. So just try it out. See how it works for you. Um, Every body is different. So uh, just test it out. But moving on, we got the Verde Valley Rally this weekend. Um, And if you missed it this year, highly recommend to put this on your radar for future events. Um, This is a local Cottonwood event at Dead Horse, which the trails are crazy, crazy fun. 
they're technical, they're climby, um, and they'll challenge any rider um, at any level. So um, I'll keep you guys updated on how this race goes, uh, and I will be racing it. So I'm actually excited to see you know, the competition that's going to be there. Um, the whole Confluence 928 off-road team is going to be there, and we're excited to just be immersed in the community um, here in Arizona. So we're looking forward to that. And now, guys, I know you're sick of me rambling, but let's get into this episode because um, Chad Berenson is a professional off-road cyclist. He is a dad. He is a charity founder called Biking for Blindness. Um, he does more than um, what is expected. So guys, please enjoy this episode with Chad. Let's get stoked. If your day's not stoked already, start stoking it. Stoke that fire. Um, let's get to it. Chad, welcome to the Stoke Podcast. Super pumped to have you. Um, it's Chad Berenston, badass pro cross-country mountain biker, gravel racer. Um, and a similarity that we have is that we're dads. So I'm You're super, dad. super stoked to get you on the podcast today. Yeah, definitely. So I'm psyched um, to be here. Good, good. Yeah, it's. Uh, I love the technology. We can just kind of roll with zoom you know yeah instead of buying a plane ticket coming all the way down to arizona and then sitting down for an hour and a half and then exactly <laughs> yeah but um <laughs> so where are you originally from um so i'm originally from salt lake I was born um in salt lake city and then i lived there till i was about six years old um and then i you know folks got transferred jobs and i moved out here to colorado and i've been in colorado ever since so Cool. How long is, has that been? Uh, I guess that's been, dude, I'm coming up on 27 years here. Dang. Getting old. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Um, yeah, I was born and raised in uh, Gunnison, Colorado. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, I was real close to going to school there. We were, we were close. We checked what, it out. And then I did? didn't think I could handle the, wind, you know, no. the winters. So. No, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a big reason why um, I moved away. I, I moved back for uh, summer thinking I was going to stay longer, like through the winter and the end of September came and I went on a gravel ride and I was like, Nope, I'm going to move. Yeah. (laughs) And then then literally I moved back to, uh, Arizona in December. I I was like, I love Gunnison, you know, and, and just, it's great. But I mean, cycling is just kind of like, you know, it's my vice. So Mm -hmm. to go out there and negative 25 degrees i was just like it's not quite worth it no and there's (laughs) a lot of good other cross trainings you know like uh nordic skiing backcountry skiing alpine skiing hockey but it's just even those days are just so cold like yeah yeah so it's just kind of brutal but um so i want to touch on a lot of things today um so dad to dad um we were discussing earlier that, you know, people ask, you know, why are you so fast? And you, you describe dad Watts, the dad Watts, the dad Watts. Um, so how, how has it been, you know, from like 
Because she's what, almost two now? She just turned two. So yeah, little Tivoli. Um, she's just over two. Just over yeah, two. Two and a two and a, two and a few months. Yeah, Dang. birthday's in December. So they grow up quick, dude. <laughs> yeah. What what day in December? Uh December sixth. Sixth on the ninth. Yeah. The ninth. Dude, we're close. I know, so you know? close. Uh <laughs> so um like what's changed from newborn to now? Like with you and you and Beth, your wife, like mm-hmm. what's the, what's the things that have changed between the dynamic of the, I guess the partnership. Does that make yeah. Sense? I mean, first of all, it's kind of been like, of course, you know, newborns are a challenge. And when you're trying to um, also cycle at the same time, it's pretty tough, but I feel like, dude, you so quickly establish like a routine and, mm-hmm. and the routine is kind of what, almost makes the relationship, um, you know, fulfills your daughter's life a little bit better and then allows you to kind of still have your own life at the same time. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of establishing that routine. Um, but I mean, there, there's just nothing better. Yeah. I mean, everybody says, Oh, you know, I never wanted kids. Like, trust me, I plenty of times said not doing the kid thing. Like, you know, Beth was always wanted a kid, wanted a family. And I was always, hesitant i mean it took us seven years just to get married so you can see i can't commit to much (laughs) yeah um but you know tivoli is just just such a wonder and maybe her coming into this world just made me this much more happier which made my performance this much better just because of how happy i am um and then of course yeah my relationship with my wife is great um, probably better than it's ever been just because of the happiness I have with the daughter, the happiness I'm having with cycling. Um, and then dude, we, we travel a lot for riding bikes, dude. She's seen so many areas that I don't think we ever would have, you know, seen without cycling, you know, if it's just road tripping here and there, dude, we, I mean, I had 27 events last year and 85% 85% of those were, we were driving to different locations, you know, yeah. new places to me too. You know, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And how are you, do you have an other, another job on top of cycling? Yeah. So I work, um, as an embryologist actually in an infertility clinic. Whoa. Um, so we help, yeah, people that need have reproductive issues um we help them with pregnancy and that sort of thing so i've worked as an embryologist for close to nine years now i trained at colorado center for reproduction medicine as an embryologist and now i currently work out at um, anschutz medical campus which is established by university of colorado whoa i'm out there so that's what i do (laughs) during the day (laughs) wow dude that is so cool i mean yeah that was like unexpected <laughs> yeah probably. i know everybody says that especially with the mustache and the mullet and i wear a backwards hat to work like yep <laughs> but dude, like you gotta the, be you dude I bro mean, you know yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's your style and i mean i got the mustache i've i've got the mullet yeah i don't know is it cycling i i just yeah it's I a style it's but it's just a um, thing yeah and so uh, is it a full-time job yeah, it's a full full time gig. Um, it's pretty flexible, depending depending on you know 
amount of patience we have, but my bosses are real cool. I mean, it's real, it's such a niche field that it's hard to find somebody that knows embryology. So they're pretty lenient with letting me go off to race bikes and keeping me happy um, in that way, which is super awesome. I mean, I can take off. I mean, I took off the last 10 days to go race True Grit. So, and then yeah. I'm off to Moab Rocks this weekend and yeah. um, so forth. So, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's hard to find, you know, I could always get a pay increase somewhere doing something else or go back to industry or something. But did I just like how relaxed and kind of, they, you know, how cool they are with me. They understand they, they need to keep me happy and that's riding the bike. So. <laughs> yeah. And that's the most important thing with like balancing uh, a professional cycling career and family is like having, having a flexible schedule with, you know, providing to for your totally. family, you know, cause that's like yep. a lot of people would struggle with the stress of that. Like, that's why I asked, like, you know, how do you make it work as a dad and, you know, putting in 12 hour weeks to compete at that level? Cause it takes mm-hmm. a lot. It's, you know, it's a full time job. Yeah. I mean, it really is a lot of people, you know, a lot of people I talk to that don't ride bikes or this or that. They, they're the people that say, Oh, I don't have time for this and that dude. I'm like, you can always make time. I don't care if you're a dad, full-time job, two full-time jobs. You can always stay up later. You can always get up earlier. And that's, I mean, that's the workaround. If you want to keep your relationship good with your wife, get up earlier, go to bed later, work around her schedule as much as you can, but get the work done. You need to for your own happiness. And that's kind of what I, I always adhere to. Yeah. That's, I I agree. It's also, yeah. Working around your partner's schedule is huge. Yep. Yeah. Once it becomes fully you. um, Oh yeah. There's yeah. So if it turns into the Chad show, she tells me, first of all, (laughs) you know, usually it's about, six days into some sort of mountain bike stage race or something. She's telling me, you know, this is the Chad show right now. Um, yeah. I'm really excited for when it's over. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know, yeah. so that does still happen, but yeah. Um, I mean, but it's, awesome. it's yeah. Communication and, you know, making sure schedules are kind of laid out. And like you said, mm-hmm. routine is huge. Once you get in that routine and, and yeah, find that rhythm it's uh it's it's just flow at that point and um that's what uh that's that's where i'm at too is just having a newborn right like i don't know i I don't know what it's like to have a toddler or i guess what i don't even know what they're called there's like infant or no newborn infant (laughs) then toddler i guess tivoli just went into the toddler program at her school for the blind. So yes, she is a toddler after two. Okay, cool. So uh, (laughs) having a newborn, you know, I'm sure there's like right now it's, it's all hands-on, you know, like if I'm gone, mom's there, mom's gone, dad's there. Like always, you know, there's Mm -hmm. never grandpa, grandma's, you know, they can like watch her for two hours max. And then it's, you oh, know, yeah. it's dad and mom. Cause there's just a routine and we know when she needs to be fed and what kind of foods she needs to be fed and milk. Yep. Like that only comes mm-hmm. from mom. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a complete, uh, complete game changer when it comes to, um, actually being 
discipline, you know, like mm-hmm. I didn't even know discipline until having a, having a kid. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, that's uh, what, like I, I talked about, um, I mean, it really helped with getting a mountain bike coach, um, or I've had a coach the last year and a half. Um, but he kind of helped set me up with a schedule and he's a new dad as well. So, um, we can really relate. And when he puts together my schedules, um, he understands family and life stresses, Mm -hmm. which is awesome because, you know, there's some days, dude, I'm like, I just can't make this happen. Like I need an alternate or we need to change something. And he totally gets it. And he understands, you know, after hard efforts, you know, dad life is stressful. And so it's not, you know, always recovery on a chill day, you know, life stresses are always there with a young one, just terrorizing the house. (laughs) Yeah. And that's also a thing is like rest days. They're, they're not a thing anymore, you know? So it's, it's hard. I'm always, you're always on your feet. You're always, where is she? What does she need next? You know, yeah. From the time you get up, from the time you get up to the time you put her down, it's like, all hands on deck. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it's, uh, I mean, it's the best thing in the world, you know, because it's so fulfilling. Everything you're doing is like, she's eating differently. You know, it's like all these new things that you're, you're witnessing every single day, but yeah, man, it's just takes a toll. And then when you show up at a race, it's like three hours of just putting all I can into the pedals. Nothing. Yeah. Dude, I've had, (laughs) plenty of events last year where Tivoli was a little bit younger and she always had issues like spitting up constantly. Oh my gosh. Did it be so many late nights, zero sleep. She's not sleeping. She's thrown up all over some sort of, you know, hotel room and we're scrambling in the middle of the night to clean something. And I'm like, dude, I have to get up in literally like two and a half hours. I'm like, do I go sleep in the car? What do I make? What do I do here? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're stressed. And they get up and just race for eight hours. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause then when you travel too, you don't have for everyone who's listening, this this is a good learning, you know, tip <laughs> yeah. for when you do have a kid. Cause it's like yeah, you, dad speak. you travel <laughs> and then you realize, you know, there's no crib. Cause she's bigger than a little bassinet, travel bassinet now. So it's like mm-hmm. They sleep, you know, sleep in the bed with you. But when they sleep in the bed with you, they're constantly crying yeah. or awake or tossing and turning. And, um, oh, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, dude. For future dads, buy the snoo, the rocking bassinet, and take that thing everywhere with you. Wait, I'm right. <laughs> what is it the called? Car. What is it called? The, the snoo, dude. S N. I think it's like S N U or S N E W. I don't do that's a game changer, like S-N-E-W. life changer, game changer, rocking bassinet, you know, whew. load that thing in the car and take it everywhere. <laughs> Good to know actually. Cause like, yeah. that's one thing is like, they're costly, but dude, hundred percent worth it. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like <laughs> shifting gears, you know, like, um, how, did you, I mean, competitive nature is one thing, like you either have it or you don't, you know, mm-hmm. cause cycling isn't about the competition, right? We all we're on the bike for 
the adventure for this exploratory, you know, transportation, this exercise. I mean, it's mm-hmm. such a well-rounded um, vehicle, but you and I are similar with like, well, yeah, I, I want to ride my bike, but I want to do it with a purpose so that when I show up yeah. and race, um, I don't want to just be in the middle of the pack. You know, I really want to like right. see how fast I can go. And so when, when was that shift of knowing like, okay, I want to race professionally um so i kind of just jumped right in to it i guess it was pre-pandemic i was training pretty hard i was we'll get to like my backstory a little bit but training pretty hard and i've always been so competitive that i was just like okay pandemic i've got a year pretty much to train as hard as i can doing my own self research everything else to kind of figure out what i can do in terms of fitness and then just show up at a race put something on the schedule you know and show up and see how i do and it was actually 2019 um true grit in st george utah um just showed up with all the knowledge i had all the fitness i had from that previous october up to march and just went for it dude and i've always been like super competitive um, I had n- no idea what to expect. You know, I haven't raced bikes since, um, you know, college, which would have been nine years ago. So I have no idea what the competition is. I've never even raced XC before. So that was a totally change in, um, race type. And did I just like went for, it. I was just like, hold on to the front wheels as long as possible, I guess. And then we'll see what happens. <laughs> and it was like 50 miles on a mountain bike. When you haven't raced a mountain bike in a long time was terribly difficult. It was crazy compared to, you know, the knowledge that we have now, of course. But I just remember being just completely blown at about 20 miles in with 30 miles to go well off the back and just full on sucker fest, you know? Yeah. Just survival you know, nutrition, you have no idea what you're doing and you finish that race and you're saying, I'm never going to do that again. Right. Yeah. For about 15 minutes. And then you're Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to get some redemption, but yeah, it was the dark thoughts have occur real quick. Yeah. When you don't have the experience. (laughs) Oh, I know. Yeah. And that was going to be funny. My next question was like, what made you want to do it again? Yeah. You know, like, um, was it just, the, I need to be faster at this. Uh, um, I think it was just like, I was kind of on this, you know, change of pace, this kind of new life I was trying to establish being, you know, physically fit, getting back to my old self back in college when I was racing bikes a lot and doing well. Um, and that's kind of what, I mean, that was like my early benchmark was that pretty pathetic race and then i just wanted to grow from there um and i i grew pretty rapidly i mean i i think i took like 20th place at that true grit and then i showed up at pikes peak apex that summer um again these are like the only two events that even happen in 2020 really mm-hmm. and you know, ended up like 30th or something in pikes peak apex but that was against the top guys, everybody, oh, every yeah. top guy in the country. And I was like 30th riding a 2016, you know, Canada scalpel that I 
funded off eBay, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, I was just, I was all in at that point. Um, I just, I really liked the cycling community so much. The people I was meeting, the, um, the, the group rides I was getting, I was just meeting so many people, dude, so many new friends, um, so many like-minded individuals and everybody just loved to race bikes. Dude. It's just yeah. like, it's weird. I don't, I don't quite understand us cyclists, but something about just riding bikes around and it's just like awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Especially when you're doing it with people and then like, like you said it, you meet so many like-minded people like you and I, you know, we're from two different, two different States. And yet mm -hmm. we've connected at multiple different races yep. because yeah, we were just right there and well, I'm like, oh shit! I know this mustache coming. Yeah. I mean, what's up, dude? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, getting, just... I'm gonna get redemption on that on Telluride. Don't oh, you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So backstory: Telluride 50. Um, I guess yeah, you were the one who told me I was actually even leading the yeah. race. I didn't even know. And then you're like, yeah, dude, I think you're in first. And I was like, shit. So you're in second. And I know you were so strong. So I was like, man, I'm gonna act like I am. I am not hurting as bad as I am just to get in your head. It's <laughs> like, yeah, well, I think it worked. It worked. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think you were 0.1 milliseconds behind me. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It was so a pretty it's, awesome finish. Like, it was so sweet. So, yeah. um, yeah, now fast forward, you know, now that was when Kenzie was, uh, nine months pregnant. So mm -hmm. we were literally like planning if I was racing, um, what, what would happen if she went into labor? Right. Like, all right. You're It'd going to tell you ride yeah, yeah. or Montrose, Colorado, oh, yeah. you know? Cause like, yep. um, we couldn't like, yeah. nearest so, hospital. Probably. Yeah, I brought my phone. I was like, you know, you call me and, um, wherever I'm at, I'm I'll bike back to town. Like yeah. I'm out, like I'll, I'll just drop the race and you know, I'll, I'll bike to Montrose. Like if like, that <laughs> yeah. came down to it, like if you were, cause I had one of my best friends who was there with her, but Anyway, long story. Yeah, we're we're getting off track, but um, yeah, you're meeting a lot of good community members and so forth. And um, was the training you were doing kind of changing as you were racing, like kind of figuring out what works for you? Yeah. So those <clears throat> the early days when I was kind of just self training, I was just really my idea of training was just, I guess high volume as hard as I could go all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, Strava hunting and everything else. Um, and that was kind of my training. I mean, there was no periodization at all compared to like what I do now. Um, which is just crazy to me to see that now, you know, with my coach, Nick Gould. Yeah. I can, I'm riding roughly 12 hours a week. I'm twice as strong as I, I was, and I was riding about half as much as I, I was in those days, which is yeah. just pretty ridiculous. Yep. Um, yeah, my fitness right now is at an all-time high, I would say. Um, I peaked last year for actually the Whiskey 50, but my fitness now I would is about 20% higher than the Whiskey 50 last April. Damn. And we're, we're just starting here, so... <laughs> good i haven't even i haven't even done any threshold work yet <laughs> so Dude, that that's it's gonna good be pretty to, awesome good to hear um because it is hard i mean to it is hard to stay motivated dude like 
complete honesty, you know, with, with what you've got going on and uh, being yeah. a new dad. So it's, it's cool to see those. I'm sure in your experience to see those numbers increasing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And a coach- yeah I think, I mean, definitely lessening the volume, just knowing, you know, I'm only going to have to do hour, hour and a half each day definitely helps. It's not like I'm going to have to get up and try to knock out these three hour Strava segments or whatever I was doing, you know, which is yeah. super real difficult. It puts a lot of stress on the family to be away for that long every day. So yeah, definitely totally. helps. Um, that's funny. I mean, just hearing your story identical. I didn't have a coach. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah. I like just found Strava and was like, Oh, this thing is. And I think I was recording on my Fitbit. I didn't even know, I didn't even, I didn't even know what a GPS was, you know, like yep. seriously. So, mm-hmm. um, and then going from, you know, just kind of Strava hunting and vol- like just pounding it every day, um, yep. to now getting a coach and being like, okay. Cause it does help getting a coach too, because it's, it's scheduled, you yep. know, you can work with your family of like, okay, cool. Um, tomorrow I have a two hour and then mm-hmm. like, okay. Cause Kenzie, my partner, she's like training for ultra marathon on her feet. So, yeah. she, so we have to work, not only our work Ouch. schedules, but two of our training schedules, you know, so to have a, a set time and, um, what the workout is, um, we can mm-hmm. wake up in the morning and go, okay, you'll go first. I'll be with the baby. Then we'll yep. work. Then I'll go. So it's yep. just, um, yeah, it's, it's good to have a coach, but, um, I kind of want to shifting gears again, going into like, we were talking earlier, um, kind of this lifestyle shift that you, that you kind of went through. Mm -hmm. Would you go into that? Yeah. I can kind of bring it back to, um, my early days. And I've talked about this a little bit at the, on the hell on wheels podcast and everything else. But, um, yeah, I started out cycling and, High school, race downhill, um, four cross dual slalom and super D at the time. A lot of that happened on the the Mountain States Cup, which is a cool series that used to exist. Um, I went to college, Fort Lewis College, um, cycled there, you know, raced on the downhill team, um, was national champion 2009-2010. Um, that was a year we won overall as a team too, so... I was pretty good at downhill, um, transferred up to CSU where I ended up getting my degree in microbiology from. And during that time, you know, things are expensive in college and I didn't have a lot of, a lot of help and everything else. I wasn't working and it just kind of fell under hard times where I had to sell all my bikes pretty much to stay afloat up in Fort Collins to finish school. Uh, I kept like one fixed gear bike around just to kind of wheel around. Um, cause I always like riding a bike. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then during that time, you know, you kind of discover alcohol a little bit, it's college life. Um, but I was taking it to the next level. Um, I got my degree. Um, and then shortly thereafter, you know, me and my current wife now, moved into our place here in Lone Tree, Colorado. And I was just, I was, I couldn't, I, at the time I never really considered myself 
like an alcoholic. I never thought I was abusing alcohol. I used it for, um, you know, hanging out with friends, having a good time, everything else. But, you know, when this started, you know, kept going for basically a nine year period of um, drinking and never really partying, just drinking a lot. Um, it was kind of like taking a huge effect on the family it was affecting my 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 work um i mean it was getting real bad at some points i mean it was you know a shower beer after binging on a sunday night or something like that um and then yeah again this was like nine years so i was off the bike for about nine years i had one at home and i didn't ever ride it and then one day i just got on a scale and this was like three and a half years ago, just got on a scale and was like, I have never seen those numbers on that scale before. And it wasn't like anything unusual. I mean, but to me, that was the premier indicator that I needed to change my life. Um, I mean, there was some pretty dark times during this, this nine years, but it, just the scale alone showing this weight difference from when I was in my prime um, was enough to say, dude, this is over. And, you know, instantly got on eBay, <clears throat> bought that Cannondale scalpel. And I rode that bike every single day for an entire year. And I made it a goal to ride every single day for a year. Um, it was still very difficult for me to fully close out the book on alcohol. I was still kind of having episodes or relapsing, I guess you could call it every every so often. And that still happened up till basically, um, basically when we first met in person at the whiskey 50, I was kind of off and on drinking. And then I haven't had anything since that day, that night at the whiskey 50. So really, I'm, yeah, been a hundred percent sober since that, that night. And that was, that was a good last hurrah, but <laughs> I'm I'm pretty excited for it. And I, I feel great, dude. Like I I've I've just like ridiculously happy. I don't know. It's just yeah, it is what it is. And it it just shows like I mean my my fitness and everything else and it's just better for you. Like it is alcohol is not not the way, that's for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> and I uh totally relate. I mean, on a lot of levels with that, um, not thinking I had a problem doing the only with friends mm -hmm. and I was living with one of my best friends and same thing was like, we, we weren't drinking like Modelo. We were drinking like the big IPAs, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yep. it was getting up to like three of them a night. Mm-hmm that's just like a normal thing that we were doing. Yeah. And, uh, that, yeah, I mean, that, that was, I mean, years and years until, I mean, recently, I mean, I, I, I think I had a, a drink a night for the last seven, seven years, six years, you know, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. and not thinking it's a problem at all, but just kind of thinking that that's normal you know, and, uh, that's why, dude, I, I, 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool to hear that story and the self-awareness it takes to like recognize that there's might be an underlying problem there. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to find that the underlining, I mean, it didn't matter how many times, you know, my wife would tell me like, you know, you got to stop this or you did this or that when you were drinking and you're just kind of like, like, no way that happened. Like, over and over and over, you know. Um, and finally, dude, it was just, it was just enough. And I found right away, even over the last couple of years, when I was kind of, you know, having a few drinks here and there, um, like I could just see her happiness level was um, growing. Our our relationship was getting better, and then pretty soon, dude, as soon as I cut it fully off, I mean, my fitness goes up. Our relationship's better, you know got the happiest little kid running around yeah i couldn't imagine drinking now and having to get up to my kid oh my gosh like yeah (laughs) totally totally and i think you know and also you're more present too oh yeah for sure yeah Yeah. and what i mean you are i mean like you as an individual me you we're just present when alcohol is not in the not in the mix oh Oh, dude it's awesome i mean because you can you basically you have control of your own life. So many times when I was drinking a lot, I was like, you know, I had a set plan for the next few days I would drink. And all of a sudden I just lost three days of training because now I don't feel well or so on. I mean, that, that was just happening constantly. So yeah, when you have full control over your life, it's just so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm at the point now where it's like, <clears throat> um, once a week, no more than two drinks. And like, I've told myself that, um, and that's better than one beer a night. Cause then yeah. that there was a point where I was like, oh, I'll just have one beer a night, but that's seven drinks a week, you know? And so for mm-hmm. me to like progress through this, you know, evolution of, uh, this relationship with alcohol, like, mm-hmm even even limiting myself to that one day like is a complete shift in my fitness my training my everything because usually that one day is like after a race on saturday yeah two beers you know and then be be cool um or random wednesday like Mm -hmm. my (laughs) you know my fiance would be like hey let's let's drink some wine yeah, baby's like, down. Sweet. So let's go. <laughs> it's, and you, I appreciate it more too, you know, instead of yeah. like this routine of like constantly cracking one open when it's five o'clock and then one turns to three and then right. I have a buzz and I'm content and then wake up in the morning, just unmotivated headache. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a better life without it for sure. Yep. And I, for sure, you know, and so I like to hear stories on like, you know, this, a lot of these athletes, you know, completely shifting. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a lot of them too. I mean, there's a lot of athletes that are kind of the exact same way, you know, yeah, had an issue. I mean, a lot of them probably use the bike as a therapist, um, which I don't always think is great. Yeah. I call my bike, my therapist, but at the same time, it's kind of just another addiction. You know, there's a yeah. point to where you're riding the bike and it's, gets going to take advantage of you at some point and you're going to have the same, you know, relationship issues, that sort of thing. If it's just taking all your time. Totally. Um, 
So, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to give one thing up for another, right? you know? Yeah. It's yeah, moderation, it, moderation, everything, everything, everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, and it is hard sometimes though, to moderate that, um, because this little inside voice is like, come on, they're they're you know, your competition's getting faster because yeah. I can scroll on my phone and see what everyone else is doing. Right. Which is so toxic, dude. Like, oh yeah, dude, uh, it's like, it's bad. I mean, I try not to do it, but at the same time, I'm like, you kind of want to know what other people are doing. But I was kind of thinking that at my the Truger Gravel I did last weekend, um, you know, Zach Carlton was there, and he, you know, he's in the Lifetime Grand Prix, and I was kind of like watching his fitness over the last little while since he got accepted into the Grand Prix, and he's riding a lot. Um, and then, you know, I'm with him for 65 miles of this gravel race and then all of a sudden he can go and I just can't. (laughs) So it's just, it just amazes me. Yeah. Yeah. But to put it in context, dude, like four or five more hours a week is maybe a minute faster in a race. Yep. Maybe Mm -hmm. like it's, it's so many things going on like genetics um i mean how you how you prepped how you ate yeah. how you're hydrated sleep you know, yeah sleep, everything everything goes into it but like for me it's hard to sacrifice like four more hours of my week with my child and my and my partner and like this yep. life that i'm creating you know and so for me to get on my bike for four five six more hours a week that some of these guys are doing it's just like well uh uh I'll just try to go deeper, I guess, you know, when when it comes down to race day. But, um, and that also has to do with like, this isn't a, a paying profession yet, hopefully. Right. Right. Like Mm -hmm. some of these guys, I mean, that that's their, if this is my job, job, I will be putting in almost 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Like if if I'm getting paid to do this, like I will do it. Like it's my job, but this is, this is a hobby I take to a really high level, you know? Mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm sure you, you can attest it's oh yeah um so it's kind of it's hard to manage that that balance between helmet off and helmet on mentality mm-hmm. you know but yeah um i mean i still i still say you know it is my second full-time job i tell a lot of people that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean it, it takes a lot of time does dude um, and everything off the bike too like yeah it's not just on the bike it's you know, sometimes you're creating routes. Um, sometimes you're getting all your nutrition dialed the night before, filling up water bottles. Oh yeah. Wrenching on the bike, cleaning yeah, the bike. Wrenching on the bike, dude. It's a lot. I mean, with social media these days, you have to do that. It's just, it's just a lot. Yeah. You know, to yeah. be, I guess, in our case, to be pretend pros basically, and then go race at a pro level. I know, and like, <laughs> and and grind it out. You know, with with these top guys, and we're going home. You know then going to our job and paying the bills and going changing shit, um, yep. shit diapers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like totally. I, like I, I, I'm doing this to set an example. Like, I, I don't know if about in your experience, like Kenzie and I really have a conversation of like, is this actually worth it? You know, like why am I putting in so much effort and energy into being like this top level professional cyclist when, when really you're not, it's not a paying 
thing. It's like, I'm putting a lot of money into it to try to do this thing Mm -hmm. at a high level, but it's, I don't want my daughter to ever be like when she's 13, 14, Hey dad, like, why did you stop? Like, I I never want that conversation to arise. Like I Mm -hmm. never want to tell her because, um, I couldn't do it. Like, yeah, that just doesn't feel, that doesn't sit right. You know, I want to be like still when she's 13, still racing, still adventuring, still pushing my body and like being that role model, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Cause we, we don't realize like how much impact we're going to have on our, on our child, you know? Oh, and it's a lot. Like I know just from Tivoli right now, she's two, but dude, they're like little sponges, you know, they're just absorbing everything. And dude, she's excited about my races. She's excited to sit there and watch the crowd and watch the bikes go by. She calls everybody dad because anybody on a bike to her is dad. (laughs) (laughs) You know, she's always cheering. She's my little cheerleader, but yeah, dude, I'm excited. I'm excited to be able to get her on a bike one of these days. So yeah, I know, but yeah, that's the plan, dude. Like everybody's like, Oh, you know, once, you know, at some point your fitness has got to fall off. And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, we'll see when that is, you know, come talk to me after one. I'm like 60. All right. (laughs) Seriously, I mean, <laughs> as dude, <long> as... <laughs> Dave Weens. Do you know Dave Weens? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He kicked my ass at Growler um, yeah. in Gunnison. Like, mm-hmm. dude, he's 57, almost, I think almost 58 years old. Yeah. It doesn't stop. I mean, if, if you're motivated mm-hmm. enough and you take good care of your body, and, and I'm sure he takes really good care of his body in the sense of like not going out there and, and crushing it. Yeah. On his training days. I'm sure he just is always in zone one or two. And then he just fires off when it's racing. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. And with endurance sports, it's not like your prime is when you're 24, like for lifting or for football or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, man, your prime is 40, 50. Yeah. 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 But we have plenty of time, plenty of time, plenty of time. Um, so change gears again, you're riding more for a purpose really. in in these days now, um, than you were ever, uh, mm-hmm. and your charity is, um, biking for blindness. Right. Right. And so how did that, how did that come about? Um, <clears throat> yeah. So another little backstory. So my daughter Tivoli at an early age, I think. She was four months old um, and we kind of started noticing that her eyes were kind of twitching, I guess, not normally. Um, And we told our pediatrician this and it took a really long time to get a consult, whatnot. And as soon as we did, of course, it was like an emergency appointment to Children's Hospital to get her eyes looked at and then... Sure enough, we're in the emergency room and it's, it's like hard to like exactly like the emotions that you have when your kid is going to children's hospital and there's like something unknown about them. That's wrong, dude. It's like the weirdest feeling. And so it just felt like full panic mode and we're in children's hospital and, you know, she's tiny dude. And they're trying to like do these retinal scans and they're, cat scans to see if there's something wrong with her brain um she's just just 
tore up, dude. I'm like tore up. I can hear her screaming from down the hallway. And then it comes to our attention. They get like the, the lead um, surgeon for eye surgeon in there for children. And then a couple of our, their PAs and they're, they're giving an early diagnosis of a disease called fever or FEVR. You have to look it up. It's an acronym for a bunch of things that basically say she has um, retinopathy. So her retinas are detached from the back of her eye. And they're where they are still partially attached is over like her optic nerve. So she it's rendering her blind. Um, and at the time, you know, you hear the term blind and all you can think is just like a black slate. Like they like she's not she doesn't see anything. And dude, it was like instantly I can just remember sitting there and being like, you have, you know, like this plan for your child to grow up, you know, you know, um, a plan that you think is going to come to pass by the time they're in high school, what you're going to do with their life. But dude, it was like, we planned a trip to freaking Omaha, Nebraska. And then our flight dropped us off in Tokyo. And we were like, uh, we don't speak the language. Like nobody here is like us, dude. The culture is completely different. Like we were just torn apart about this, this diagnosis. Like what, but we had no idea what to do. Um, so she ended up getting like the emergency surgery that hopefully can correct what little vision that she might have or, um, or something to allow a future surgery. We're still like, not exactly sure, um, what the early surgery was exactly for, but, um, we get in contact with anchor center school for blind children right away. You know, she's four months of old and we're trying to see what we can do to help her right now. Right. Um, and they have an infant program right away. They have children in there that are four months old, six months old to start, um, adapting them to other means of learning, learning with their hands, learning through hearing, um, touch, feel any other of their sensory sensories. And, um, so we started going there, um, and dude, it's just been like a game changer to have Anchor Center and all her therapists and teachers there, a lot of which are visually impaired too. So they all understand. Um, we have therapists that come over the house to help her with physical therapy, speech therapy. Because you can imagine, you know, if you're completely blind, if you're sitting on an exercise ball, it's fairly easy to sit there, right? With your eyes open, you close your eyes and lift up your legs. And all of a sudden it is like, so difficult to try to balance there. And that's kind of how her life is all the time. So it takes a lot of physical therapy. Um, so we decided uh, um, that we were going to start a charity that was biking for blindness. So we actually, my wife met Tom Danielson from Cinch Cycling, um, his wife, who actually, they also had a kid that was born with um um, albinism of the eyes basically. So he's also blind. And so we combined my team of no ride around and their cinch cycling team to form the biking for blindness charity, which funds, um, anchor center school for the blind. And there we can help, um, you know, families that can't afford, cause it does cost to go to the school. So, um, we can help fund, um, families to send their kids there that, um, need to go and you know it's just really expensive to 
pay for all these therapists that go out and service all these other families with um, visually impaired children and that sort of thing. So, I mean, we raised a ton of money. We, we were kind of, we put together the ride um, and we didn't think we were going to raise that much. We had a goal of $10,000. We ended up raising over $35,000 for Anchor Center School for the Blind through this one day ride and or a charity event that we hosted, which was super awesome. I mean, we had, there were so many people there that I didn't expect to be there. Like, you know, just people that knew me from Strava, people that knew, you know, I went to a group ride one day and they knew me from a group ride. And just, it's just amazing in the cycling community, how much support you actually um, have and how big of an impact you have through cycling on other, other people, you know? So it was, I mean, it was super awesome. So we're going to try to keep growing this event every year. Um, you know, it kind of got so big last year already that it's, we're going to have to, you know, pull permits, this and that to kind of grow the event to, if we want to, um, get more people to be able to do the ride itself. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can check out the Instagram and, the actual anchor center, the school has their own website, which has um, the link to, for donations, that sort of thing that's open um, yearly, but it's a, it's a good thing. So it was was really cool to be able to help these families out. Yeah. Really cool. Dude. So, so cool. And like, I cannot imagine being, you know, as a father going through what you went through. Sorry. Yeah, it was, dude, it was, it was crazy. I mean, it was, you know, cause just having a kid in general was like such a change of your life. And then to add this little thing about your child to that was just, oh my gosh, it was heartbreaking. (laughs) Just cannot imagine. And uh, so cool though, that you raised that much money. Yeah, it was, dude, it was like eye-opening. I mean, I didn't, I was cool with like the 10,000, but we reached the 10,000 so fast. I mean, it was cool. I mean, it was a lot of help having, you know, Tom Danielson and the Cinch group. They're a huge community. So it was very helpful to have them and to have our wives organize everything was really cool. And it was like another way to get, you know, the wife and Tom's wife together and, add them to the cycling community, you know, cause my wife doesn't really ride bikes, but it was cool for her to be able to organize this event for cycling. Yeah. And probably to see like the impact that this community can have on, on real life problems. Oh yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Um, and what's the Instagram and website for this? Uh, um, so the Instagram is just biking for blindness. Okay. You can find the, um, Instagram through that. And then the website is again, just going to be biking for blindness.com. Um, and then it can also be found through anchor center school for blind children. Sweet. Um, and that's here in Denver. Cool. Yeah. And I can, I'm going to put that in the show notes for sure. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> so everyone who's listening, you can just go down there, click it, definitely look at it. And, um, when is the event? Um, so we're going to have the event the end of August again this year. Uh, we don't have a set date quite yet just cause okay. my schedule's busy. 
Tom's schedule is busy. Um, but I think it would be one of the weekends, the end of August. Sweet. Sweet. Maybe. Yeah. Cause I'll be living in Colorado. I might. Oh yeah, dude. I, I might... totally forgot you're coming out this way. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Arizona's um, a crack pipe in the, in the summertime. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, thank you. you know, my parents <laughs> live in Yuma and they're like, you're going to come visit us. Right. And I'm like, no, I'm not. No. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's brutal. We, we came down here in June and just uh, like eye opener. Like, yeah. Yeah. Stuck doing, inside. Uh, doing 98 degree. Um, that's just outside temperature. Not even like the reflection from the white red rock Ugh. or white in the red rock. Uh, so that was my training before Telluride was 98 degree one hour rides. Gross. That's it. I did nothing like didn't do any volume or anything. It was like an hour <laughs> of heat training and that got me uh, um, acclimated for 11,000 feet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the so, cold. In the cold, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the best training, but it's just fucking brutal. I mean, you go outside and it's just like, okay, I'm going back in. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we'll, we'll be living in Gunnison, Colorado and um, doing, yeah. Cause I, I messaged you about all the races, you know, that are in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly new to the, to the sport, let alone Colorado racing. So yeah, we'll be um, enjoying good weather. Yeah. Yeah. No, you'll, you'll enjoy Gunnison for sure. Well, you've lived there, so yeah, you'll like it. And it's so centralized, dude, you can go to all sorts of races from there. You know, oh, you're basically like three hours away from anything in Colorado. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Gunnison. Yeah. It's smack in the middle. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what races do you have coming up in the next few months? Um, so I had, I'm sh- actually leaving this Friday for Moab rocks. So three day stage, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, um, the following weekend, I'll do a local race called the Earth. that's out here at bear Creek, which is a good, um, it's kind of a, a local teaser to kind of see how everybody's locally, their fitness is, you know, everybody yeah. kind of goes out there and it's kind of like one of those bragging rights races but it's a usac section event so it, it brings out some fast cats cool um and then let's see i'm still gonna do i didn't finish up my national ultra endurance series last year like i wanted to for the marathon distance so i'm gonna go back to tell your ride again um tell your ride 50 um the grizzly 75k out in california and then i got I'm going to be doing a few of the lifetime Grand Prix races. Yeah. Um, just to kind of make sure my my foot's in the door with some of those. So I'll go out for the Crusher and the Tusher. Um, and then some of the late season races. Um, but dude, I got dude, I got a I got a big schedule. So I, I got a recent yeah. um gravel sponsor, VLO bikes out of the UK. So um, I told them that I'll be doing 10 gravel events this year. So that's why I did old man winter already in February out in Boulder and then true grit gravel. And so I'll have another nine gravel events on top of 12 mountain bike events. Damn. Um, so, so are you getting uh free bikes? They gave me a bike. 
Nice. Yellow gave me a bike. God, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and it rides man. well too. I mean, I did well. I took third out at Old Man Winter, which some steep early season competition out there. So I was yeah. I mean, I beat Brendan Wirtz. I didn't think I could ever beat somebody that has a five hundred watt, you know, twenty minute threshold. So five hundred watt. <laughs> twenty minute. I was like wow um so yeah that that should be fun so i'll go out to um i'll do like gravel worlds um probably do gravel nationals that they just announced um and we'll see bighorn gravel you should come out for that one in Jackson, colorado i think i will Um, be there i think i'm gonna do telluride gravel as well as the of course telluride 50 nice so yeah that one looks so fun yeah yeah um well sweet man yeah that's um, when did, uh, it's Viello. Viello, Yeah. Hold on one second. Dad's got to step in. Sage. Ah, <laughs> uh, we're watching one of our best friends dog and she barks. She barks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, oh, uh, just just drives me nuts you know like oh dude i don't why are you barking i don't have pets well i lie i have two cats but <laughs> they they drive me nuts dude i can't i can't imagine a dog free like how you went uh yeah i know i don't have pets oh wait that's a lie i got two cats <laughs> <laughs> not a whole lot of maintenance with those guys. no no that's so funny um yeah i'm a cat guy yeah, yeah cats are totally great. Um, but yeah, I, uh, it's hard. I, I, coming up with a race schedule. I mean, I'm gonna, I was gonna go to Moab rocks. Mm-hmm. Like I was gonna do just steep, steep. I, I couldn't pull the trigger on yeah. that. Um, cause, uh, I'll be going to sea otter. So that's, are you doing sea otter? Yeah. Okay. We're, you know, taking the family flying. Yeah. Staying. So got to choose your battles wisely you know um and then mm-hmm. i got into leadville so i'll be doing leadville oh one. did you i did what did you yeah. qualify what race did you use um, to qualify for barn burner oh barn uh, burner okay. flagstaff yep yeah dude to qualify they only gave the first two spots in, what yeah i thought I it was like the top 10 percent got a spot well, Dang. I took fifth overall and second in my category. Okay. And I was the last person to receive a, a coin in 19 to 29. Wow. Yeah. I was like, first place, do you want it? Yep. And then second place, do you want it? And I said, yep. And then, yep. then you get uh, Dang. like a week to sign up. They even yeah. one week. They're like, yeah. Yo, pay now. And then you, you got yeah. it. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then so, you're full uh, committed, man. You're yeah commit. So, so this you know right now i'm still still tr- training to peak and want leadville to be that peak you know so yeah um but yeah it feels good it feels good to like kind of get just get some good races and like i mean tell your i-50 man i literally went i told my fiance i was like dude top 10 would be unreal i tell you i-50 yeah so to come out like you know with you to sprint for that number one spot was just like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe, maybe I can do something with this sport, you know, like, that oh, was yeah, exciting. For sure. like 
Telluride 50 was like, okay, I have a new baby. We're doing this. Like I'll continue yeah. to race. Um, well, I mean, so. you've done a lot since then. I mean, you got your whole team now. I mean, you've done yep. a lot. Just... Yes, dude. Podcast. <laughs> Podcast yeah. team, dude. You're, it's you're been... all in also. <laughs> yeah. All in. But that's, that, that's how I do everything. I'm sure you're the same way. It's like, yeah, I'm not just going to dabble, you know, like mm-hmm. if I start picking up pool, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to be the best pool player <laughs> yeah. in the world. <laughs> you know, yep. like there's mm-hmm. no, I'm the same no way. Exact same way. That's why, you know, drinking dude. But oh, yeah. this man, I'm fucking doing it. Like there's yeah. no, I'm not just fucking <laughs> dabbling. Like we're doing this shit. So yep. that's why I think you and I would have been dangerous. Like, three years ago oh oh, for sure we would yeah. have fed on fed on that for sure i know <laughs> um well dude chad i mean it's been unreal talking to you i mean what i don't even know been about exactly an hour um like is there anything else you want to touch on before we you know call it um no i think i think that pretty much covers it i think we covered most of it um yeah, we'll just keep this this train rolling. Definitely, dude. And I'm excited to see you. Um not yeah, this summer. Are you doing whiskey? Not doing not doing whiskey. No. No. Oh. Dude, I'm like, it... last year was hard. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I actually have another event over that same weekend. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Um, but last year, I mean I'm gonna have to go back out there and get redemption but last year was hard dude yeah dude last was year was brutal really hard yeah did you just so, not have a good oh, race i think that's i think the following weekend is rides and vibes in grand junction colorado oh so that's going to be the, the second race of whatever the series that i'm doing with moab rocks yeah rides yep. and vibes downeyville and then the race out in bc sweet um so that's why I want to be a little bit more tip top shape for rides and vibes. That's yeah. a pretty tough course too. Yeah. yeah. And then we have to do the fat tire crit also. So I know. <laughs> so rides and vibes, man. Um, that's the next weekend. May. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's May 6th. Damn it. Yeah. I won't be there. I got, I own a coffee trailer that goes to a lot of mountain bike races. So like, I've seen it. I saw it at 24 hours. It looked like you had a good time. Yeah. Hell of a time, but that also takes a lot of time, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Can't have a, have your cake and eat it too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, dude, whiskey was um, brutal. Uh, That course I went in, did you go into it blind? Yeah. I had never ridden it before. I've never seen it. Yeah. And uh, I I pre-rode like the first, the climb into the first descent um, before you get to Skull Valley, and that's about all I knew of the course. But I didn't even finish the first descent. I only descended yeah. maybe a couple minutes into it. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was tough, dude. Yeah, and the day before, so oh. hot, smoky. I was, dude. Yeah, it was so <laughs> hot. Um, so hot. Yeah, yeah. I did like thirty-five miles before the crit. You did 35 miles before the crit? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So then I woke up on race day just like not <laughs> feeling good at all. So um yeah. 
and doing it blind and then not knowing what skull was and just being like, I've done harder. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh-huh. seeing, yeah. Seeing Keegan like coming up the hill as I'm the descending climb. it and going, yeah. Mm, damn. And then <laughs> yeah. still, and then you're still descending. I was like, yeah. Ooh. and then you're still descending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, all right. And then turn around. Yeah. Uh, and then when it was you- like, I saw Keegan and then I saw a giant chase group that was like, like two minutes behind and i was like how does that giant group not catch keegan <laughs> yeah and i'm still descending yeah. <laughs> so yeah it was bad i mean it was, it was i beat brutal. myself up pretty bad crashing and everything else but yeah but i mean that's the name of the game like that was probably yeah. my the worst race i had last year for sure i think that that's probably the same for me yeah well, and it, i crashed out at rides and vibes last year too so i've had a really? couple tough ones yeah yeah rides and vibes is gnarly i know grand junction riding dude is yeah unreal Mm -hmm. like it's no joke if you can if you can ride in grand junction and be smooth and train there you could be uh, you know one of the top riders if all around you know enduro xc yep long distance totally Uh, yeah dude it's it's such a fun sport um just got in the nerves for whiskey was just crazy too i mean you're just like i mean i think that was the first i mean i've raced with a lot of those dudes before but it was the first time like every one of them was at the same race and we're throwing elbows with these guys yeah sort of thing you know you you might get you know four or five of them at a race but now all 30 of them (laughs) are there yeah all 30 of them yeah yeah so but hey, I mean, I I didn't take last. I can tell you that. So I know, and I hey, I didn't take last either. You know? yeah. And if you're listening, it's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's that one guy who's probably like, "Fuck." I did. Yeah. Uh, but uh, dude, it, yeah, we're gonna have to get you on another episode. Like I hate, like you know, you know, baby family. So like, I try to keep it at an hour, so it's not like. If you and I were just sitting here, we could probably sit here for three hours and just be like, shit, oh, yeah. well, it's time for bed. But yep. Big trouble. No, for sure. No, it's <laughs> been it's been cool. Yeah, I got lots to I mean, eventually if we did a second one or something, we could always talk about it'd be nice to um go a little bit deep dive into like what we're doing in terms of training, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, just because people like us, you know, that who are only allotted a certain amount of time, it's kind of like a big, big deal to figure out what to do with their, you know, eight to 12 or two to 12 hours they have a week. Yeah. Um, you know, with kids and family and everything else compared to. I totally you know. agree. Um, maybe let's plan it uh, like a few weeks, three weeks. Yeah. We can sit down again and actually dive into training. Cause um, mm-hmm. that's one thing I notice when I'm listening to um, certain podcasts, they talk about like, Oh yeah, man, I'm doing 12 hours a week and I'm, you know, but they never talk about, this is when I was before training, you know, they never talked about what it was. They never talked about Watts. Yeah. I didn't know what Watts were, were until like last year. Yeah. Um, like, you know, they, there's so many things that, you know, we can touch on. I think would really benefit anyone who's listening Cause a lot mm-hmm. of people I'm sure that listen to the podcast too are ultra endurance cyclists, you know, and like, Oh yeah. They can become faster or yeah, um, take it to that next level. 
because there's little things that go a long way to, you know, increase that, that muscle twitch for Mm -hmm. three hours, you know? Um, but yeah, let's do it. Let's, uh, I'll, I'll hit you up after we're done. We'll plan it. Sweet. Cool, dude. Well, I like it. All you listeners, man, you guys stay stoked. Woman's, um, this was Chad on the Stoke podcast. Um, you can find all this stuff at, um, on below at the show notes for bike biking for blindness. We'll throw your Instagram at the bottom of that. And, uh, dude, I can't wait for this next episode. Sweet. Yeah, dude, it's going to be good. Yeah. A little deep dive into some fitness and yeah, find my IG, check me out on Strava, come ride bikes with me. Yeah. Sort of thing. I can't wait to ride bikes with you too, dude. Yeah. Um, coming in May, into May, you should look at, uh, into May. It's the original growler. Oh yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Dude. If I can get, if I can get a spot, I'm pretty sure it's sold out. I've already looked. What? I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> dude, it sells out pretty quick. Maybe, maybe I just heard that. Maybe it's open. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> No. Okay. Well, now I know what I'm doing tonight. Damn well, it. I just send an email to the race director and please. please. Yeah, <laughs> please. I'll do that. Please let me in. Yeah. Okay. Well, man, well, if, well, if it's open, I'll be there. If it's not, I will still be in Gunnison. So Dude, we'll, we'll find a way to ride, man. We'll yeah, find we, a way. We'll definitely find a way, yep. but, and we need to get our girls together. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah. yeah. That'd be more so friends key. for the wife would be key, especially yes. when their husbands ride bikes. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But um, yeah, dude, let's stay in contact. Much love. Um, and we'll plan this next episode. Sweet dude. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.